Section 19 of The Life of Mozart, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life of Mozart, Volume 1, by Otto Hahn. Translated by Pauline D. Townsend and others. Section 19. Chapter 7. Opera Seria. Part 2. The public too grew accustomed to confine their attention to the individual exploits of their favourites, and the composer, unwilling to waste his energy on thankless parts, followed the example and devoted his whole powers to a few individuals. The enormous salary paid to celebrated singers, male and female, had the effect of limiting the number of principal parts to three or four, each distinguished as a primo. The remaining parts were treated by both the poet and composer as subordinate, not only on account of the mediocre powers available for their representation, but also and chiefly because it would have been against the interest of great singers that secondary characters should attract notice or applause. They controlled all secondary parts, suppressing and appropriating any song which they considered too brilliant, and leaving the author to arrange the piece as best as he might. There was a fixed code of etiquette in all stage arrangements. The prima donna, for instance, was entitled to have her train borne by one, or, if a princess, by two pages. She took the place of honour at the right of the stage, being, as a rule, the most important personage of the piece. When Faustina Hasse played Dircia in Demofonte, 1748, who was not recognised as princess until late in peace, she claimed precedence over the acknowledged princess Creusa, and Metastasio himself was obliged to interfere in order to induce her to yield the point. Thus all influences combined to mould the opera, Syria, into a narrow conventional form in which all the other considerations were sacrificed to executive effect, and the display of skill and sensibility in the rendering of the music. We can form no clear conception, whatever of the operatic orchestra in its earliest form. Both the use and the effect of various instruments are very imperfectly known, and the instrumentation is consequently more or less incomprehensible. But here too development proceeded in the way of simplification, and at the time of Scarlatti, the treatment of instrumental accompaniment and the disposal of the orchestra was determined as to essentials for all future times. In the plain recitative of the dialogue, the fundamental note was given by the bass, and the chord was struck on the piano, at which the composer or capelmeister conducted, and repeated as often as necessary. In the songs and ensembles, the instruments came in as accompaniments, freed from the obligation of following a given melody step by step with a given bass, according to the rules of thorough bass, for filling up harmonies. Scarlatti and the earlier masters kept this accompaniment very simple, seldom introducing more than one part in addition to the bass and the voice. But, as practised contrapuntists, they could handle the accompanying parts broadly and freely, and could give animation by simple means. This art gradually decreased, and the accompaniment, although fuller, became more mechanical and dependent, 
only here and there suggesting contrapuntal elaboration. The orchestra was used independently only in the symphonies which repeated the motives of the songs, in the short interludes of accompanied recitative, and finally in the introductory overture of Sinfonia. Italian operatic composers began by making use of the form of the overture which Lully had established in France, beginning with an arigio, followed by a quick movement, often in the form of a fugue, and passing again into a arigio, which concludes the overture. Later, the form was determined, which has remained ever since, of three movements, an allegro, a slower, shorter movement, contrasting in time, instrumentation and expression, and a concluding allegro, animated and often noisy. These main features are capable of rich and varied development. Were it not that in Italy little importance was attached to the overture, which was commonly regarded as a means of reducing the audience to silence and attention. The three movements, therefore, generally preserved their gradations without marked characteristics, and the attempt to express the effect of the first scene by the means of overture was soon abandoned. The grouping of Scarlatti's orchestra was in its main points identical with that of the present day. The stringed instruments, violins, tenors, and basses formed its main strength, but their application was very simple. The violin or shelly go regularly with the double basses, and tenors serve generally only to strengthen the bass. Where they are independent, they are often divided, like the violins, which however frequently go together. The orb was the chief part among the wind instruments, the flute serving mainly for variety and special characteristics. The bassons strengthen the bass, and are rarely used independently. Soon horns were employed, and drums and trumpets when special splendor was required. Trombones were used in the churches, never in the opera. In this manner, even the largest orchestras were arranged down to the close of the last century. An example is afforded by the construction and arrangement of the Dresden Orchestra by Hasse, which was considered as a model. The well-appointed bass parts are the most striking. Intended as a firm foundation for the vocal melody, which is not seldom strengthened by the violins and orbs or flutes, but to avoid any effect of poverty, it must not be forgotten that the accompanist at the piano filled in the harmony, to strengthen this and to yield variety to the intonation, was the task of the wind instruments, but when the orchestra was treated as a whole, there was seldom any attempt to render lights and shades by alternations of the instruments, to attain this end, Concerted solo instruments were employed. Italy was, during the 18th century, at once the mother and the nurse of the instrumental musicians. The succession of first-rate violinists, Arcan Corelli, 1653-1713, Frank Geminiani, 1680-1762, Aunt Vivaldi, 16-1743, Gio Stacchini, 1692-1770, Pietro Nardini, 1722 to 1793, Gaet Pagnani, 1727 to 1803, Aunt Loli, 1733 to 1802, established the glory of violin playing and raised it to an extraordinary height of excellence, while the Aubusts, the brothers Bezosi, Alessandro, 
Gietano, 1727-1793, were the performers of the first merit. Trumpets were at that time more especially considered as solo instruments. Not until later could Germany compete successfully with Italy as far as the orchestra was concerned. In France, although the precision of Parisian orchestras was always remarkable, the development of instrumental music was longest delayed. Scarlatti introduced instrumental soloists in the operatic orchestra, and the effect was the same on the stage. It worked against the careful striving after the perfect whole, and the tendency of the instrumental artists to enter into competition with the vocalists led in no small degree to that treatment of the voice as a mere instrument which was so much to be deplored. Notably, Farnelli, in seventeen twenty two established his reputation in rome by a contest with a wonderful trumpeter whom he twice vanquished in sustenance and artistic delivery of a long note and in the execution of difficult passages the first step towards simplifying opera seria in its new form was made in the diction and treatment of the plot the subject matter continued to be taken from the stories of mythology or ancient history but the effects of magic and show was abolished and connected well-developed plot was substituted simple in action and confined to a small number of personages next the previous mixture of tragic and comic elements was abolished and everything approaching to burlesk strictly interdicted the chief efforts in this direction were made by roman silvio stampigilia to whom apostolo zeno awards more of genius and spirit than thorough cultivation, and whom Artigia calls dry and unmusical. Apostolo Zeno himself, 1688-1750, followed in the same path as the court poet of Charles VI. He was a man of education and learning, and as such sought to model the opera on ancient tragedy in its best and most manly form, and strove for a naturally developed plot, correct delineation of character, and simplicity of language. He proved, said Metastasio, that the opera and good sense are not absolutely contradictory terms. The fact that his operas were often and successfully performed during the first half of the century bears testimony to the simplicity and earnestness of the musical taste of the time. Later on, as the field of music extended its limits, his text was found pedantic. His indisputable merit was thrown into the shade by Metastasio's works. These denote in a remarkable degree the spirit of the time which produced them, a spirit that they themselves fostered and encouraged. Metastasio, Pietro Trapassi, 1698-1782, distinguished himself as a boy by his talent for improvisation. He received a thorough learned education from the celebrated Roman jurist Gravina, which led to his adoption of classical antiquity as his model while his connection with the singer mariana bulgarini early gave him an insight into the technical requirements of the opera he began his career as a librettist in seventeen twenty four with didon at naples in seventeen thirty he went to vienna as a court poet where he lived on the best of terms with the imperial family and highly esteemed by the cultivated public following apostolo zeno he sought to supply his operas with true dramatic form and he made it his chief aim to portray the effect of different characters and passions upon the development of the action. Metastasio had no large or powerful conceptions, 
nor could he grasp strong passions his psychological vision is clear and cool but limited just as his sentiments are correct and good but neither white nor free in his dramas therefore the representation of character and the plot are well considered suitable and consistent but with a certain mediocrity running through the whole he chiefly concerns himself with the exemplification of principles and experiences and individualizes but little he makes love the animating element of his drama and the starting point of his psychological study of motives his characters want neither life nor passion but softness and veiled sensuality are the characteristic features of what he endeavoured to make an imitation of actual life the public were gratified at recognizing themselves and their love affairs glorified on stage and were grateful to metastasio for allowing them to enjoy themselves in their own way and not preaching moderation and self-control they admired his language too which is correct and charmingly melodious and natural in expression not more rhetorical than the italian language and poetry demands and never overlaid with conceits to these qualities of a dramatic poet metastasio joined that of an operatic composer he was a musician he had cultivated his musical talent by intercourse with singers and composers and had a ready perception for what was necessary to a work written for composition he sang come Serafino, as he writes jokingly to farinelli played the clavier and composed a little himself he found it a pleasant incitement to a poetical activity to seat himself at the clavier and improvise he said himself he had never written a song without composing it himself according to his own conception of its musical character metastasio confines the development of the plot as a rule to the recitative and the arie or duet or terzet expressing at the close of each scene the sentiment which is the result of the previous action this they always did so clearly and precisely that the composer had both incentive and scope for musical treatment the two numerous figures and metaphors which he has fond of borrowing from the sea express the taste of the time and so far from troubling the musician gave him properties for musical painting which was sure to be admired the melodious language met the music halfway while the simple yet varied rhythm the contrast of ideas and the construction of the verse aided the composer without fettering him in the musical phrasing of his work it was no wonder that metastasio reigned supreme over the stage and its composers and that he was the model of the later operatic poets they succeeded best in imitating his defects and gave norman occasion to say with justice the oldest of metastasio's operas is more pleasing to me than any written by our present poets metastasio was well aware that the poet only supplies a stem to the opera which the composer clothes with foliage and blossom yet he was far from allowing the composer absolute dominion over the poet and prided himself on the fact that his operas had been played with applause as tragedies without music both in france and germany he chose to consider the composer as an interpreter of the poet and bound to follow his indications of character and style this was in his opinion the chief merit of the old composers and in his later days he was never weary of deploring the decline of music 
which was a consequence of the license taken by the vocalists destroying alike truth and beauty of expression the poet not less than the composer found himself hemmed in the conditions as well as by traditional formulas he too performed his task to order and was hampered by circumstances and by the limited means at his command in his justice of subject and characters it was in no way favourable to zeno and metastasio that they received their commissions from the court besides the direct influence of the taste of soma pardoni the whole atmosphere tended to effeminacy and a uniform level in style the impresari chose the liberty for the composers they had engaged partly according to the applause the subjects had already received but more to suit the singers they had to command they were altered to suit the occasion sometimes by the poet himself but more often some local poet undertook the necessary curtailments and additions whereby the work seldom profited the absolute monarchy of zeno and metastasio whom all other poets slavishly imitated would alone suffice to explain the fact in the course of the last century opera seria received the fixed and unalterable form it still remains we have seen that the tendency was the same as regards the music this makes it comprehensible that in reading the text or the sources in the present day we have so lively an impression that they are but copies of one original in no art does the feeling for what is enduring pass so easily and quickly into the taste of what pleases the age as in music what affords most delight to the present often expresses only a transitory mood with a momentary truth and when the smoke and the fragrance which surrounded it have disappeared only an empty form remains just as a mask keeps the impression of the features without the play of the muscles which alone give life and expression end of section 19 read by lambda